What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back to Minute Drill, recapping week three of the NFL season. I'm Dan Malin. I'm joined by James Grande. I want to give a thanks to Matt Sells for stepping in last week for me while I was on a little vacay getting some R&R. But week three is almost in the books. Grande and I are recording this during the Philadelphia-Dallas Monday night game, and it's been a hell of a start to that game. But <laughs> Grande, how did week three go for you in terms of season long and uh, your DFS contest? This was definitely the worst week, and Dan, welcome back. First off, let me let me let me go back. Uh, first off, welcome back. Uh, definitely the worst week. Uh, I was very heavily in, interested in Trevor Lawrence um, this week in the Jaguars' offense, and it looked good for about uh, two drives, and that you know derailed me. Um, I have a lot of Lamar Jackson in, in season long. He he was a big letdown this week, going up against a terrible team uh, in Detroit. Um, I just haven't had a good week. It was a strong first two weeks, not a great uh, DFS or season-long week um, for me. How about yourself, Dan? I know you didn't play a lot of uh, DFS, but I, we did see the winnings, of course, because you are <laughs> Dan Malin. Uh, it's, soon it's, you're just going to change your last name to Millionaire because I, I know that's what's next on this, on your uh, <clears throat> on your winnings uh well, I didn't play the Millie Maker, um, <laughs> but we we did have a sub uh, for DFS Alarm uh, take down the Millie Maker on FanDuel. Uh, so that's huge. Congrats to him. Uh, I only played cash this week. I only had time to really focus on doing one lineup. So, you know, I made one cash lineup. It it was it cashed easily. You know, I didn't have a lot of action in the one o'clock games, but the players that I did have in the one o'clock games, like uh, Jamar Chase. Um, <clears throat> Chase Claypool, they came up big, so I felt pretty good going into the four o'clock slate where I, you know, played Alexander Madison, which was easy. <laughs> <Right>. um, <clears throat> finally, finally got a good game out of DK Metcalf. I was, I was mostly of the mindset that I was just going to keep playing him until he paid off, and it finally came right. in week three. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty good week. Uh, but we had some big news break. Uh, well, I guess we could call it big news, just because <laughs> anytime this player's name is mentioned with signing with a new team, it becomes noteworthy, and we just become bombarded with uh, fantasy football questions regarding this player. But Josh Gordon has been reinstated, and he's signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's probably wide receiver three or four in their depth chart. Um, is there any fantasy interest here? So I, I put out a tweet, you know, in classic dad dad fashion. I thought it was funny. Uh, it wasn't, clearly. Um, but I put out, like, one of those memes where, like, Patrick Mahomes is smoking a cigarette, and he has one in his ear. And I put Josh Gordon, Jeff Gordon, Drake, and Josh. I don't care who the wide receiver two is. I'm not throwing him the ball. And that's kind of how I feel about the Chiefs offense um, because wide receiver two doesn't get thrown the ball. And, and, you know, we can have interest. Like, you just break down the snaps this week, right? Week three. Uh, Demarcus Robinson played 57 snaps. That's great. Tyreek Hill played 58. So he was only one behind um, Hill. Uh Mark Miko Hardman played 51 snaps. That's great. Um, but their involvement is just still limited. And when there are weeks when we see Tyreek Hill and we see Travis Kelsey have big games, everyone else is irrelevant. So for me, I don't think that this is a a you know, something that I'm going all in and with my fab, something that I have a top priority on waivers, I'm not going to use on Josh Gordon. He still has to learn the playbook. He's still, we're still unaware of what his game shape is. Like, when do we see Josh Gordon playing a full complement of snaps? And I get it. It's like the excitement. Oh, he had all these, you know, accolades back in the day. Well, like back in the day was 
2013 yeah. for him. Like people, I saw election. literally two presidential elections. I actually saw people touting stats from 2013. Like I get it. They were amazing. He led the NFL in receiving that year, you know, broke onto the scene. We thought he was the next biggest receiver in football. Well, things didn't pan out exactly for him, um, unfortunately, because, you know, there never should have been a, a, a weed ban, probably, but, you know, a different discussion for a different day. You know, long-winded response, I don't see much fantasy relevance. If you need receivers a couple weeks down the line and maybe he's sitting there on your waiver wire, sure. He won't be because everyone loves Josh Gordon, and he's probably going off waivers this week, but I still don't have interest. Um, I don't have interest in chief secondary receivers other than Kelsey, other than Hill. Uh, so real quick, are you if you're in a deeper league and you maybe were holding on to Mikael Hardman and Demarcus Robinson, do they just become easy drops for you? I'm not saying like we we established that Josh Gordon is not a, a must add, but obviously his presence alone does hinder them a little bit. I think I, I'm. I mean, Robinson's gone. Robinson's irrelevant to me. Um, Hardman, I think I would still hold on to because I, we still don't know what Josh Gordon's going to bring us. We still don't know anything about Josh Gordon and what, um, how long it's going to take him to get up to speed. So I would keep, I would hold Hardman, but it's not something I'm holding and like playing every week. Uh, it's just really desperate, like you said. It's desperate desperation or deeper formats. All right, this week these zero RB truthers can take a little bit of a victory lap. Christian McCaffrey got hurt last week, uh, last Thursday. He's going to miss multiple weeks. Dalvin Cook was ruled out with a sprained ankle. He just, I think that. I'm not as worried about Cook. I don't think many people are. Uh, he just didn't get enough practice time last week. But how much fab are you willing to spend on Chuda Hubbard this week? So I don't know if I'm worried about either day, truthfully. Um, and I, I know I probably should be more worried about McCaffrey. Um, but the statement, so the Panthers came out today, Matt Rule, head coach, and said that they're not putting him on IR because they think that he could come back prior to the three weeks. So, or well, I guess it would be week four. So if he comes back on that third week, I mean, we get Chuba Hubbard for two games. And yes, you know, those two games could mean a lot because we know the volume that the running back in this Carolina offense gets. We saw Hubbard and Royce Freeman get plenty, you know, when McCaffrey left. But I'm not going to burn too much fab on Chuba Hubbard unless I'm in a desperate situation. I, I, I think... I don't think it's the same thing when it comes to Elijah Mitchell, but we learned our, I guess we learned our lesson. I was on team go all in on Elijah Mitchell. You were kind of hesitant two weeks ago um, when all that whole thing played out. And then Trey Sermon was activated. He's healthy. And soon Jeff, Jeff Wilson will be too. So um, I'm not going to go off and to the races and burn my fab on Chuba Hubbard, unless we were to find out Christian McCaffrey's place on IR. Then I think, there's some merit um, to burning a, a, a healthy chunk of fab on Chubb. Are you at are you at all worried that when Dalvin Cook returns, maybe Alexander Madison sees a slightly bigger role? I know that's not that hasn't been the case in the past. Uh, typically, when Cook has been healthy, he comes in, gets his full workload. But as his career goes on, we do see him miss a game or two every season. Could this possibly be? a workload management thing for him just so, you know, they, they have a val like the best backup running back in the league. 
Right. You know, do we finally see that the Vikings are forced to kind of maybe take away some carries and feed Madison a little more? Personally, I don't think so, just because what we've seen in the past. I know – I remember last year, Dalvin Cook missed a game or two, and when he came back, he was super cheap for DFS purposes. And, you know, I played him when he came back, and he paid off in a big way. Again, he came back from an injury, got his workload, and had a huge game. But, I mean, they invested a lot of money in him, so is there – are you are you at all worried that Madison could cut into the workload a little bit? Maybe not necessarily be the Tony Pollard to Zeke Elliott, but you know this he's a very very good running back. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because the constant injuries that Dalvin just suffers year in year out. But um, I guess it remains to be seen. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm not worried about Dalvin just yet. But if he comes back and there is a kind of shift in the in the pendulum and maybe madison does see more carries then maybe it's time to worry maybe 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 even sell a little bit but we'll see until that time comes um i'm not necessarily worried i will say dan it's like everyone was worried about zeke week one and then zeke played basically all the snaps week two he's playing all the snaps so far tonight um so i don't know we'll, we'll see I, they're currently, I'm not worried currently reviewing his second touchdown at the moment is he uh, in, just got, it got taken off the board. Upheld. Yep. I, official and upheld. I see. Uh, they're going for it, right? They got to go for it. Yeah, they Reversed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Fantasy studs and fantasy duds from week three. I'll start with my stud. I mentioned him earlier at the beginning of the podcast. It was Jamar Chase. I know that there are more popular selections like, like Mike Williams, maybe even Alexander Madison, but neither of them were in my personal build for cat. Well, actually, Madison was, but he was 50% owned. Uh, but Chase came in at about 10% ownership. I don't understand why his price tag was muted for the third straight week. Uh, caught two touchdowns. Now he has four through three games. Um, with T. Higgins ruled out, I thought that was just such an easy play for cash games. So uh, my fantasy stud is Jamar Chase. Who's yours? I'm going to stay with the rookies. But I'm going to go to the backfield. I'm going to go to Najee Harris, who touched the ball 28 times. And, you know, that's nice. We know he was going to be a workload uh, workhorse. 14 uh, receptions, 19 targets. Darren Waller is the only other player in the league with 19 targets. Amari Cooper had 19, did he? Amari Cooper, uh, I think he had 19. Either way, um, Darren Waller had a 19-target game. Najee Harris has a 19-target game, um, and he had 142 yards to boot. If Najee Harris is going to see that type of volume. And Mari Cooper had 17 week one. My apologies. Um, if Najee Harris is going to touch the ball 25 plus times and be that involved in the passing game because big men can't throw the ball downfield, give me all the Najee. I want to, I'm trying to buy wherever I can. I know it's going to be steep. I know the price is going to be a lot, but fresh legs, a guy who's hawking targets from everyone else. Um, I think Najee Harris uh, right now is a draft day steal moving forward, especially with the volume that he saw in week three. All right, fantasy duds. Mine personally is TJ Hawkinson. Now, he didn't necessarily kill my lineup by any chance, but I did play him in cash, and all he had was just two catches <laughs> for a total of 10 yards, which is insane because he had 16 catches on 20 targets through the first three for the, through the first two games, and you hear all about how bad the Ravens were against opposing tight ends, and he goes out and just puts up three points in PPR formats. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, definitely a bit of a letdown. Who's your fantasy dud for this week? I would have gotten Hawkinson as well if you hadn't. Uh, but to differentiate there, I'm going to stay with the rookie class, and I'm going to have to go Justin Fields. Um, I mean, look, man, 
even Miles Garrett said he was surprised, considering how fast he is and mobile he is, that he stayed in the pocket as much as he did. Like, that was the concern of a lot of people who were talking about why he shouldn't be starting from the beginning of the year is like pocket awareness. Um, and you know, when he should and shouldn't get out of the pocket when you're that athletic and that mobile, like you have to do, you got miles Garrett, who is a freak of freaking nature coming at you. You got to get out of the pocket, bro. So, um, Justin Fields, especially cause I have a ton of his pass catchers in fantasy. I have a lot of Allen Robinson. I have a lot of Darnell Mooney. Um, he, him and Darnell Mooney had a really good connection in week two. Um, Justin Fields really let me down. I started him over Joe Burrow in one league. So um, I'm going to go with Justin Fields here as my letdown. I feel like that's a perfectly good segue because I next wanted to talk about rookie quarterbacks struggling. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Matt Jones combined for two touchdowns and seven interceptions yesterday. Um, not that any of them were necessarily uh, must-haves in fantasy football drafts outside of two quarterback leagues, um, but should we have pumped the brakes on demanding Justin Fields start over Andy Dalton? He got the start simply because Dalton got hurt, but do you feel better about Fields going into week four against the Lions? I mean, it's definitely better because we're not he's not facing Miles Garrett. Um, but from what we saw, it's still not great. So, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely a little nervous. And like you said, I mean, they were terrible, they, all of them. So I'm kind of worried on all fronts. I think that they all have bright futures or potentially bright futures, but right now I'm worried on all fronts. All right, and moving on. Uh, we're three weeks in, and we only have five teams that are undefeated at the moment. We have the Rams, the Cardinals, the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. Which of these teams is most likely to make the Super Bowl, and why is it the Rams? Um, so I'm going to say the Rams too, but I, I'm going to throw, I want to throw a dark horse out there because for, the a Rams five and are, a, for a three and O team or just like any team? for a three and O for a three and O team, because that's the question. The question is which of the, which of the five, like, okay, let's, let's say this. I, I want you, I'll ask you the question because I think you're going to have the same answer as me. Of the five undefeated teams, or of the four teams outside of the Rams, who do you think is the best? Um, probably the Cardinals. Okay, so we have different answers there. I think the Broncos. They have the best defense of the group. Well, hear, well, hear me out, right? Hear me out. We said, we, everyone, collectively said, if Aaron Rodgers went to Denver, they were instantly a Super Bowl contender, right? Yep. Teddy Bridgewater has played, and I'm not going to compare him to Aaron Rodgers ever. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best thrower of the football ever. That's so, I'm not comparing them. But Teddy Bridgewater has two, 300 yards under his under his belt and then went out and didn't need to throw the ball against the Jets because it was atrocious. They just ran the ball. As soon as they built the lead, they just ran the ball. Teddy Bridgewater looks damn good. The defense looks damn good. The weapons around him look damn good. Melvin Gordon little resurgence. I mean, I know he averaged near five yards carry last year, but he's looked good again. Um, and they haven't even gotten Javante Williams going really on the ground. I mean, he had a very <clears throat> subpar game. He's very involved in the passing game. I love the, the roster. Obviously, the division is what I think would hold everyone back from, like, being 
for real, like thinking Denver's for real, um, because the Chiefs are one and two. Uh, they're at the bottom of their division. <laughs> they're literally the worst team in their division. Um, I don't think anybody believes, except Raiders fans, maybe even not Raiders fans, believe that the Raiders are this good. Um, but like, man, dude, Denver is super appealing just because you said the defense is so good. Teddy B's playing the best he can right now. When he gets Jerry Judy back, I mean, that offense is freaking loaded. I know that they lost Handler to the for the year um, to the ACL, but I mean, they're scary. If, if Teddy can keep it up, I think that, and not even from a fantasy perspective, because like we're just talking football in general, I really think that team could could do some damage. And that's interesting because that could potentially leave one of those teams out of the out of the playoff picture. And we all, we all, I was a big proponent of the Chargers this year, and we all already pegged this, the Chiefs to make a run to the Super Bowl. So I think the Broncos would have made a dark horse. The Rams are my definite answer. Do you still feel better about the Bills or the Chiefs making it to the Super Bowl over the Broncos? Probably, yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I still feel better. It's not that I, I'm, like, staking my claim that the Broncos can, but of this undefeated group, my dark horse would be the Broncos um, if Teddy Bridgewater can. I, look, well, I still think the Chiefs are, I still think the Chiefs figure it out, but it's, it's their defense is terrible though. Or it's horrible. But also I mean, like you invest so much in the offense, but at the same time, like right. you know, if if you look at what the teams in that division have done over the last three years with their drafts and the free agency, they're mostly just building their defenses so they can at least shut Fair. down the Chiefs. And it's worked out in Denver's favor greatly. Uh, whereas the Chiefs, you know, they're just trying to like stock up on as many weapons as on offense as possible, and you know, hopefully win shootouts. But it it looks like it could be coming to bite him in the ass. And I think I'm willing to finally say, I've been a proponent proponent for the longest time that you know the AFC still runs through the Chiefs. But based on what I've seen lately, and especially following Week Three, I would say the Bills are the best team in the AFC. Those last two games, those last two games would make you believe that, and I I can't. I don't have an argument against it. I'm not. I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to make it. I would still. I still feel confident in them. Just three games in, but after that, you know, blip in the radar of Week One for the Bills, I, I I tend to agree. I, I think they look as good as they've ever ever have. All right, let's wrap it up with a couple believe it or not questions. We've got two for you. Cooper Cup, Derrick Henry, Mike Williams, Travis Kelsey, and Tyler Lockett are top five in total points for fantasy football. Do you believe all five or any of the five will remain top five at their respective positions? So I think you and I are going to – the consensus is Henry and Kelsey are definites. Um, yes, I agree. I think the connection Stafford and Cup have had um, leads me to believe he will – he is the next best chance at being um, a top five receiver – Plus, we've seen, like, outside of, like, injury-riddled years and a very poor year with Jerry Goff in general last year, I mean, this guy has been was a touchdown machine. So there's no reason to think that these this touchdown, you know, blow-up can't continue. And like we've seen, like, Devontae Adams scored 19 touchdowns last year. He, there was a reason why he was wide receiver one by a whole boatload of points. Um, I think Cooper Cup has the best chance at doing so. I think... Mike Williams is going to take a backseat to Keenan Allen eventually. Um, I think Mike Williams is great, and we've already seen him have a 1,000-yard, 10-touchdown season. So I'm not saying he won't. He doesn't have a chance. I do think Keenan Allen is still the better receiver in that in that group. Um, and then I think DK Metcalf is also going to be more alpha than Lockett more often. 
Um, like we saw week one when Lockett goes off. Metcalf still scored and had 60 yards. Week three, Metcalf goes off. Ty Lockett caught two passes and did nothing. So the weeks that Lockett goes off, Metcalf still is fantasy relevant. The weeks that Metcalf goes off, Tyler Lockett seems to just be nowhere in sight. So I'm going to go definitively Henry Kelsey. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I would say like I put like 70% of my chips in to with Cooper Cup being a top five receiver by year's end. I would probably go 100% of my chips. I definitely think he's going to get there. Um, Robert Woods, through the first three weeks, he's been wide receiver 46, wide receiver 44, and wide receiver 61. I don't really get it. It's very surprising. Do you think Woods still has a decent chance at finishing as a top 15 wide receiver or no? Um, so I think he has a chance at top 24. I think Robert Woods could be a wide receiver too. I'm buying Robert Woods okay. right now. The volume's been there for the record. The volume it's not the volume. He's just, you know, taking a backseat to deep balls to Van Jefferson and deep balls to Deshaun Jackson and Cooper Cup doing everything. Um, I still think the buy it's still a buy now situation for Robert Woods. Top 15, no. I think he's too far behind the eight ball. Top 24, though, I mean, I don't think there's a problem with him finishing as wide receiver too. All right, and last one. Uh, Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen are the top five quarterbacks through three weeks. The next five quarterbacks are Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, and Russell Wilson. <laughs> Which of these bottom five quarterbacks could possibly slip into the top five? And if you say Daniel Jones, I'm just going to stop recording. I'm definitely not saying Daniel Jones. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I would say with current offense, I'm going to go – so I want to go Stafford here. And I think Stafford and Wilson probably would be the chalk if we asked like 15 people on the street or yeah. on Twitter, right? The problem with them is they don't throw a lot. Like their attempts are two of the lowest marks in the league. Uh, in the league. Of quarterbacks, um, currently Matt Stafford, 20th most attempts. Russell Wilson, 24th. You know who he's behind, Dan? He's behind Jacoby freaking Brissett in attempts <laughs> this year. Um, so, and that's kind of like maybe indicative of the new offensive coordinator there. Um, see Which the sucks Seattle. because when all through training camp and everything, like you thought like this, you know, we talked about let Wilson cook back in right. 2020. We thought it was going to happen again this year, and it just hasn't. And it's kind of, it's strange because I'm heavy on Russell Wilson as my quarterback this year, and He's still a top 10 quarterback, which I'm happy with. Right. But when I drafted him, I drafted him with the expectation that he could be top five. And sure, by season's end, he could still finish there. But it had, he's had a good floor through three weeks. Good floor. Correct. But we just haven't seen the ceiling that we're used to seeing. So you're not going Russ. So it sounds like you're not going Russ top five. Well, I'm still, I still think he could finish there. But just based on what I've seen, um, I, would, I think I would – be with you and you know the field and the chalk and I would probably say Matthew Stafford. So so I think Stafford is the chalk. I'm actually not sure I'd go there though. And I think we talked about Dalvin Cook's injuries. We talked we talked about the problems. We talked about the condensed target share. Yo, I know you might not like this, but I like that. I Kirk Cousins um has been tremendous through three weeks, man. And he has two really special weapons and, you know, if you want to throw in the running backs that both catch passes really well, if you want to throw in K.J. Osborne, who had two good weeks, uh, was kind of a letdown in week three, you can. But Kirk Cousins is throwing a lot. 
Um, we know he has the weapons. The offense is kind of catering towards him. I mean, they're playing catch up a lot. So I think Stafford's the the safe choice. I think Cousins is the kind of my Broncos selection where it's like he's kind of the dark horse here. All right, Grande, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you in week four and best of luck to the FA Nation.